Let's just pray before we uh, take our seats. God, thank you so much for tonight. And thank you that you're with us. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that tonight as we look into your word, that you would speak to us, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way among us, Lord God. Do what you want to do in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. You guys can grab your seats. So good to be with you tonight. And I'm so excited to be sharing God's Word with you tonight. It's such a privilege uh, to share with you guys. Um, Do you know, I I love 6 p.m. service. I really do. I'm not just saying that. Um, There's lots of services during the day, you know. So I tell the 10 a.m. I love 10 a.m. No. (laughs) But honestly, of all the services, I I love 6 p.m. Because just seeing you guys and seeing so many young people serving Jesus with such passion, it really encourages me. It really just, just does something for me. It just gives me so much hope for what God is doing uh, in our church, in our nation. Amen. So I'm loving our Galatians series. And there's such a sense that God is working inside of us and he's bringing us so much clarity about what it means to be free in Jesus. And how good is the Bible reading plan? It is so good. I love that it's so short, but it's so potent and it's, it's so, so helpful. And so if you haven't yet started, just start on day one and go for it. Um, it, is, it is really going to help you. Um, today we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday. And it's a fulfillment of of Jesus' promise that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to baptize his disciples, to give them power to be his witnesses and to live for him. And we know that it's, it's Jesus that sets us free, but we know that we need the Holy Spirit to continue to live in the freedom that he has for us. And so, uh, and so I'm excited to, to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. But I want to start off by asking you guys a question. Have you ever heard the saying, a leopard can't change its spots? A leopard can't change its spots. And what it means is if you're a certain type of person, you can try to change that, but, but, but who you are will still come out. A leopard can't change its spots. But do you ever feel like that? You know, you, you become a Christian, um, you, you know you should be growing, you want to be different, but you keep struggling with the same thing, and you feel sometimes like, sure, I just, maybe it's never going to change, you know, maybe I'm just going to, maybe this is just who I am, and I just have to accept it. Um, just to tell you a quick story, when, when Jess and I started dating, um, it was getting really serious about four months in, um, and she took me to meet her family. Yeah, I even met the grandparents, um, but I didn't have to pay anything, Kaya. Um, but, but listen, I got to hear, I started to hear all the stories about her family, and it was so cool. But one of my, my favorite stories is about her grandma. She, she lived on a farm growing up in, in Peter Maritzburg, so it's, it's obviously quite co- close to where Lucano is. And one day... Her grand, Jess's grand, she, she rescued a vervet monkey. 
It was abandoned on the farm, and um, she brought it home, and, she, and they started to feed this little monkey with a baby bottle. They even put a nappy on it so it could, like, be in the house all the time. And they called this monkey Subby. And that was because it loved going in the bath, and it would go under the water like a submarine. And so, and so this, this monkey was, had become tame, and it, it had become part of the family. And then years went by, and, the, and, and one day, the local pastor came to visit the house. And as the, the pastor walked through the door, uh, they, something that they had never seen before, Subby just went into attack mode. Uh, he jumped on the pastor's shoulder, he grabbed the pastor's toupee and pulled it off, and he bit the pastor on the head. But it was, a, it was a reminder that he's a wild animal, you know, and you can't really tame a wild animal. And, you know, we might feel like that. Do you, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, sure, you know, I, I, this is who I am. I can't change. This is, I'm always going to be like this. In Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 23, can you believe it? Jeremiah says this, can a leopard take away its spots? Neither can you start doing good, for you have always done evil. Whoa, that's hectic. But guys, the good news is that this was not the end of the story. The Bible teaches us that we can change. And one of my favorite verses is in, in Ezekiel. Ezekiel prophesies thousands of years before Jesus comes. And this is what he says God would do. He says, and I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And so God says, I'm going to take this rock hard unchangeable heart and I'm going to put a new heart inside of you and instead of being stuck in your ways you're going to be able to change and so when I accept Jesus as my as my savior do you know what happens I actually get a new heart God is a heart surgeon he gives me a new heart I, I become spiritually alive and the Holy Spirit comes to live in me and because of him, I can change and I can grow. Amen. Let's give, let's give the Holy Spirit a, a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. And this is what we celebrate on Pentecost Sunday. The power of the Holy Spirit and, and his amazing work inside each one of us. So as we look at, at Galatians, we see in Galatians how Paul preached about Jesus, and, and people accepted Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Many people were accepting Jesus, and their life changed. And right away when they believed, they experienced God, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see that they were so full of the Spirit, and God was working miracles among them. It was amazing. But then some religious teachers came along, and they said, you must believe in Jesus, and you must obey the laws of Moses. And unfortunately, they believed these religious teachers, and they left the way of the Spirit. 
And so they were no longer trusting in Jesus, but now they were focusing on their own efforts. And Paul reminds them that they started so well. They started with the Holy Spirit by trusting in Jesus. And now they needed to live this life by faith in Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in their own efforts. And sometimes, you know, we can, we can fall into the same trap. We, uh, we become so focused on our own efforts. You know, we start well. We're, we're saved and, and, and God does an amazing work in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But then somewhere along the line, we stop. Um, we stop. We, we want to add to our salvation, you know, and we, and we think it, it's all about our own efforts. So all about us um, earning brownie points with God and, and then God will reward us. And we, we stop trusting in Jesus and we stop living in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to remind us that, that He is the one who is inside of us. And He is the one who is working in us. He is the one who is bringing change. And He wants us to, to, to not only be saved uh, with, with His power, but He wants us to live life every day in His power. Amen. Awesome. So, guys, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, we, we know this, the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. He's not a, he's not a ghost, you know, like a creepy ghost or a, um, just a power. But the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And how do you get to know a person? Well, you usually ask some questions. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something here. Um, how's it, bro? Uh, what, what's your name? Uh, how's it? My name's Dusty. Cool. Um, okay, and Dusty, where are you from? I'm actually from a small town of Volcom near Johannesburg. I'm now staying in Tableview. Awesome. And um, it's really nice to, to meet you and hear about you. Tell us, what, you, what do you do with, with your life? I'm now currently working as a sports coach and tra- uh, studying to become a fitness trainer. Awesome. So good to meet you. Guys, he's actually a legend. I thought, I thought ahead of time, you know, I need to find a legend. And, and I thought of Dusty. He's running an amazing view group, and, and he's, he's, he's letting God use him to, to change many people's lives. But the point I wanted to make is that we get to know people by asking them questions. And, and we can get to know the Holy Spirit by asking questions. We can ask, who, who is the Holy Spirit? What's his name? Um, where does he come from? And um, we, we know that he comes from the very beginning, before the world was made. Everything we see was made by him. We were, he knows us inside and out. He knitted us together in our mother's womb. Um, what does he do? Well, one of the main things he does is he helps us. He's the helper. He helps us to grow. He, he, do you know that he helps us to pray? When we don't have the words to pray, he prays for us. When, uh, when we read the word, he helps us to understand the word and he helps us to apply it to our lives. He helps us to grow. He helps us to change. He helps us to become more like Jesus. And there's so many things that, that, that we can talk about that the Holy Spirit does for us. Um, when we are going through a really hard time and we feel like we, we just can't, we can't keep going, he holds us up and he walks with us and he walks with us through that time. Uh, he's the counselor. Um, he 
points to Jesus. It says he, he, he um, doesn't speak on his own, but he, but he points us to Jesus. Um, he doesn't take selfies. He points us to Jesus. He's not, he's not self-centered. And he empowers us so that, so that we can tell others about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And so if you just think about it, you know, in your, in, in your marriage, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the helper to help you in your marriage. You, uh, at varsity, you need the Holy Spirit. And he is available to help you in your workplace, in your um, relationships. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. Do we rely on his help? So one of the passages that I love is Galatians chapter 5, which talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it talks about the amazing changes that, that the Holy Spirit brings about in our lives. And so brace yourselves, we're going to just read a, a few verses. Um, and I just want to point out three things that the Holy Spirit does for us and that we need the Holy Spirit to do for us. And the first is that he helps us focus on what's ahead. The Holy Spirit helps us focus on what's ahead. Uh, we know that the, that the Bible says that God knows the plans that he has for us. God has an amazing plan for your life. It's a, it's a plan to prosper you. It's a plan to give you a hope and a future. He knows the plans that he has for you. Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So he's, he's the one who leads us. You know, now the thing about a leader is, is a leader can't lead people if he doesn't know where he's going. Right? A good leader will know where, where he needs to take others and he can, every day, he can help them move to, in that direction. Guess what? The Holy Spirit knows where he, where he wants you to go. He knows what your future is. And he wants to lead you into your future. Sometimes we get so focused on now and we think we know which way to go. We think we know what's best. But we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. Um, even Paul the Apostle he was uh, the one who's writing this letter in Galatians. Paul, we read in Acts chapter 16 that, that Paul wanted to go and preach the gospel in the province of Asia. And it says that the Holy Spirit prevented us from entering that province. So he wanted to go there. He wanted to go and tell them about Jesus. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit prevented them from going into that province. And then they, they tried to go somewhere else, but the Holy Spirit blocked them as well. Not here. And then he had a dream, and he, and he saw a man across the ocean calling out for help. And he said, this is where the Holy Spirit wants us to go. And so the Holy Spirit will sometimes do that. He will sometimes redirect you. Uh, you might think this is the best way to go. Uh, you might have uh, uh, two job offers, um, and you think this is the best way to go. But the Holy Spirit might say, no, that's not the best way to go. This is the best one. And you might look at it, and with your human understanding, you say, but this is, this is the one with the biggest salary, you know? Um, surely this is the one that's going to set us up for success. But the Holy Spirit knows that, that this one is where you're going to grow in your character. He knows that this one is where you're going to make a difference. And so we need to let the Holy Spirit lead us. Um, I've seen in my own life how God has led me at key moments, and there were times when, uh, and, I, and I want to tell you about one of these times. We were getting ready to leave Zambia. 
a few years ago. We knew the time had come, but after 12 years, it felt so hard to, to leave Zambia. Um, we were so wrapped up in the vision of the project. We were so involved in the local church, and th these guys had become our family. And we were, we were still involved in the Bible translation, and, and, and it just felt like driving away. Was like, it felt like I was driving away from my purpose. I didn't understand it. Um, I was broken. I, I, was, I literally cried. But, but one night, just before I left, I had a dream. And in this dream, I saw a group of guys standing on Malkbos Beach. And it was a big group of guys. And I laugh now because looking back, it, it's actually our parking team, you know. They've got like baggy shirts and shorts and a book, you know. It's like our parking team. But there was lots of them. There's lots of guys. And I actually heard an audible voice in my dream say, imagine what would happen if, if you gave these guys a purpose to live for. And I realized that, that, that God is, is, is wanting me to, to help people find purpose. And after that dream, I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, I've got it. I've got the future. And I knew I was on the right track. And it, it didn't make it easy, but it made it easier knowing that the Holy Spirit had gone before me. And so are we letting the Holy Spirit lead us into the future that he has for us? Amen. Awesome. The second thing is that the Holy Spirit gives us victory over our desires. And I want to read verse 16 to 18 in Galatians chapter 5. Paul says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And so it's just reminding us that, guys, we've got a battle that goes on inside of us between our sinful nature and our heart, which has been made new by the Holy Spirit. And I wish we didn't have to deal with the sinful nature, right? I, I mean, I, I, it's, I wish God had just taken it away. But unfortunately, there is a battle that goes on inside of every single Christian. Deep down, we want to serve God. We want to live out His plan. But we struggle with sinful desires. And that word for desires is actually a very strong word. You know, in some translation, it, it says lusts. Our flesh lusts after things. And um, the word literally means to over-desire something, to want it so bad. And I like how Tim Keller, he describes how, how these can even be good things. But because we over-desire them, they actually become idols in our lives. So we've got to ask ourselves, not just about what it is that we, that we want to do wrong, but we've got to ask ourselves, what is the motivation behind what we want to do so that we can find the idols that we've set up um, in the place of, of what only God can give us? Amen. So maybe you want to get stoned or, or drunk because you think that will give you some some peace and quiet, and you can just still your thoughts. And I guess that kind of makes sense. But 
do you know that God wants to give you ultimate peace? And so he, does, he wants you to come to him for that and not to make an idol out of um, substances. Here's the good news. You can have victory over your desires. You're not a slave to them. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us victory when we allow him to lead us. That's what it says, that when we are led by the Holy Spirit, we won't um, live out what the sinful nature wants. Awesome. So he gives us victory over our sinful nature. That's good news, right? Awesome. Then the third point, the Holy Spirit helps us produce fruit. It says in verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. And I love that it doesn't say the the fruit of the Spirit produces, uh, or the fruit of the Holy Spirit is miracles, prophecy, great preaching, an incredible singing voice. I love that it doesn't say that, that that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. No, he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in me is about who I'm becoming, not about what I do. Am I becoming more like Jesus? Because the fruit of the Spirit is really the nature of Jesus. And only he can produce this fruit in us because it's his nature, and he does this by his spirit within us. You can't produce these things on your own. The only thing you can do is to spend time with him, to enjoy his presence, to, to take time uh, in prayer and, and to, to read his word and worship him. And he's the one who produces the fruit in our lives. Okay, so moving on. Paul says this is the evidence of spiritual growth. Notice Paul uses one word for fruit. It's a sing- the, the original is a singular word. It's one fruit. It's not many fruits. So I can't say, well, there's nine fruits, and I'm doing well in three of the fruits, you know? So, like, I think I'm doing okay. You know, I'll, I'll work on a couple more. No, it doesn't work like that. So if I'm, if, if, if I'm like, if I reckon, like, sure, you know, I'm quite a kind person. I, like, help people when I... When I when I can, I go out of my way for people. I'm quite kind. I'm doing quite well in that area. But then when it comes to joy, uh-oh, not only am I not the life of the party, but I actually suck the life out of a party. You know what I mean? Then I don't have the fruit of the Spirit. Then I'm just a lopsided banana. They're all one fruit. Okay. The fruit grows Slowly. You don't look at a fruit and, and, and like watch it grow and say, oh, there it goes, it's growing. No, it, it takes time. It's slow. And sometimes it can be frustrating how the fruit of the Spirit in our lives seems to take so long. But you know, one day we just look back after a year, we look back and we say, oh, my hat, I think I've actually grown in that area. Like I used to, like a year ago, I wouldn't have responded like that if, if, if somebody said that to me. And so it takes time. The fruit grows from the inside out. Fruit grows from a healthy tree and then produces fruit on the outside. So you can't duct tape a fruit to a tree and then go, see, there's a fruit. So the 
so the tree is healthy. No, it, it, it starts on the inside, and then it works its way out. It produces real, healthy, lasting fruit. And the growth of the Spirit's fruit in our lives, it's, it's, it's inevitable. When you stick with God, there will be growth. You will produce fruit. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, there's this great story about this, this guy who died. And, and um, when they buried him, they buried him under a slab, a marble slab, you know. But when they buried him, they didn't realize that a, an acorn fell into the grave. Just an, a little acorn seed. And what happened is the, the acorn um, developed roots and, and, and went into the soil. And then it, it started to sprout. And, it, and, and the sprouts went up and they actually pushed right through the marble slab. And they grew and it began to grow into a big tree. That's how much power was in the acorn. But if you think about it, that's like our lives. Sometimes our sinful nature feels like that marble slab. It feels so hard and it feels like, like nothing's going to break through it. But the Holy Spirit within us will grow. He will, His fruit, when we stick with Him, fruit will grow in our lives. And that will push through our sinful nature. And that will bring about change in us. And so because of the Holy Spirit's help in my life, I can change. I'll say that again. Because of the Holy Spirit's help in my life, I can change. I can produce fruit. And you know that nothing will impact this community like the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But we also need to ask ourselves, if I've been a Christian for, for many years, um, is there fruit in my life? Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit growing in my life? So what can we do to make sure that, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can do His work in our hearts? And so in this passage, the, the very next verse, Paul says this. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So what can we do to make sure the Holy Spirit can do His work in our hearts? Well, this verse tells us. The first thing is we, it says those who belong to Jesus. So we have to remember that we belong to Jesus. Our life is His. He died to rescue me. My standing with God is good. And when God looks at me, He sees everything Jesus has done. And He sees me as righteous. We remember that we belong to Jesus that nothing can, can ever change His love for us. Nothing can ever change what He's done for us. He set us free. The second thing, I crucify the sinful nature. I nail those desires to His cross and I crucify them there. So I've got to break down those idols in my life. Those things that, that I want more than God. I've actually got to um, identify them. I've got to say, why do I want this so bad? And I've got to take it to the cross of Jesus and leave it there. And then thirdly, keep in step with the Spirit. He says we must keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is leading us. Sometimes we want, we want to lead the Holy Spirit. You know, we go about our plans and then we say, come and bless us. 
That's what we're doing. But he says, actually, it's the other way around. You, you come with me. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in your life. And the Spirit always lifts up Jesus. The Spirit always magnifies Jesus and he leads us to worship Jesus. And Jesus becomes a far greater worth than anything else that we could desire. So let's pray together. Can I ask you to stand? Let's just, um, let's just speak to God tonight. God, thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, that you have a good plan for each and every person here tonight. Thank you that your plan is better than we can imagine. Thank you, Lord, that you actually lead us every day. You lead us in the way you want us to go. Thank you, Lord, that you give us victory over the, the, the sinful desires which, which sometimes hold us back. But we thank you, Lord, that you give us victory over those desires as we follow you. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live this Christian life in our own strength. But thank you, Lord, that we can rely on your strength. That, Lord, we can let you work in us and you will produce fruit in our lives. You will give us victory. You will help us to grow. And people's lives around us will be impacted. And Holy Spirit, we just want to say thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you help us to, to worship Jesus, to put our focus on Him. Tonight, Lord, I just want to pray, Lord, that, Lord, inside of each of, of every and every one of us, Lord, that you would stir a desire, Lord, a desire to know you, a desire to follow you, and a desire to rely on your strength. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, do it in our hearts, I pray. Do it in our hearts, I pray, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't yet started a relationship with God. Maybe you're not sure that, that you are His child. But God wants to, to give you that assurance tonight. He loves you unconditionally. And if you call out to Him today, He will come into your life. So I want to give you a, I want to give an invitation right now. Maybe you want to do that right now. Maybe you just want to call on Jesus. If that's you tonight. I would, I would love to pray with you. Um, while people's eyes are closed, can I ask if, if you could just raise your hand so that I know who I'm praying for tonight? Is there anyone here? You say, tonight, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts, Lord. Lord, we just, we just give you all the glory, Lord God. And we say, Lord, we want you to continue working in us, Lord God. Thank you that you've started a work in us, Lord God. And you say that you will be faithful to complete it. So, Lord, tonight, Lord God, we just have an expectancy for what you're going to do. We give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just put our hands together and give him praise.